This morning, I'm just going to be very honest with you up front. It's going to be a different kind of Sunday. Um, things will be a little bit different today, and I hope that I do not talk very long with, with you. That does not mean, that's not meant to be an insult, um, but I hope it's not a long word that I, want to sh- that I share this morning. But I do want to uh, just share with you something that the Lord just stirred in me uh, today, and it's not going to be anything new. I feel like I say that a lot, but it's not going to be anything new as I think most of the things in the scriptures that we've heard, we've heard many times before. Um, but I was reminded by a friend of mine this week, he was reminding me of Second Peter chapter 1, verse 13, where Peter tells this church as he's writing to him, he says, I want to remind you of things I've told you before. Now I'm paraphrasing that obviously, but he says, I want to remind you of things that you've already heard. I want to bring to remembrance things that you've heard before. And he says, and it is good for me to do so. And so I think sometimes we come to church looking for something new, something brand new. But the reality is sometimes we need to come to church because we need to hear what God has spoken to us before so that it can be stirred back up into who we are. And so I want to stir you today, and I pray that today would just stir back into your heart the things of God. And so what I, want, what I believe the Lord has given me, I believe the Lord has really directed me in this, is to stir you to re- remind ourselves of the heart of Jesus heart of Jesus, the very heart that Jesus has and what Jesus desires and what is Jesus' heart like. And, and really the invitation to say is, is this your heart? Is this my heart? Is this our heart? Do we have the heart of Jesus Christ? And I'm going to do it very briefly today, but I'm going to do so from the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles and you want to follow along, you're more than welcome to. But for the sake of time, I'm probably not going to read this whole thing. But in the book of Matthew chapter 9, I want us to see God's or Jesus' heart here. And I'd ask us again, well, do you have this heart? Do you want this heart? Will you, will you, will you seek to see, see God live, have this heart lived out in your very life? And so in the book of Matthew chapter 9, up until this point, I'll just be very short here. Up until this point, in the book of Matthew, Jesus has been the one that has done everything. Okay? We read about in the very beginning, we, talk, we read about the Christmas story and the events of his birth and so forth. And then in chapter 4, we learn about the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, how he starts off and what he begins to do. And then chapter 5, 6, and 7, he begins to preach uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And then when we get chapter 9, there's this transitional moment uh, where Jesus now begins his ministry shifts in a different way. And I want us to see this in the scriptures. And so in verse 35, I just want you to see some things that it says here. In verse 35 of chapter 9 is this statement. It's a summary statement basically of all that Jesus has been doing, that's been going on, and it's a transition into what's coming next for his ministry. And this transitional statement that we read about is what it says in in Matthew 9, 35, is that it talks about what Jesus has been doing. This is what Jesus had been doing. And I want you to see here, what is Jesus' heart? Jesus had been teaching in synagogues. He'd been proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He'd been healing every disease and every affliction. Most scholars will tell you that around that region where he's at, there was probably about 200 or more synagogues. So Jesus was just moving along, moving along. And what Jesus' heart and what Jesus was doing, what Jesus' ministry was about, it was a ministry of preaching, of healing, and helping everyone with affliction. In other words, looking at those that were in desperate need and doing something about it. This is the heart of Jesus. Jesus' heart is a heart that's filled when he sees the need of people or those things that are gone, is that he would move and do something about the situation that's at hand. And I, and I would ask us right now, is this what we want? Is this what God is doing in our own lives? Is this what is beginning to not only define the ministry of Jesus, but it would define who we are? We always hear that statement, what, do, what would Jesus do? You've heard that, remember those things? Like, I don't think the 90s or the 2000s, everybody had them. It's better, it could be better said, what did Jesus do? This is what Jesus did. 
He had a heart that when he would see people who were in circumstances of brokenness, he would preach, he would heal, and he would deliver from affliction. This was the ministry of Jesus. And I just pray to us, is this the heart that we have? And we see this. And verse 36 then becomes a transitional kind of statement. And it's basically describing everything going back to 35. And this is how it would play. Essentially, he would do all of those things. He proclaimed the gospel, he'd heal the disease, he'd every affliction, because this, because when he saw crowds, he had compassion for them. When Jesus would see crowds, he would have compassion for them. And particularly, we see very clearly the, the reason why he has compassion for them is because it says they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This is the ministry of Jesus. This is the heart of Jesus. That when he sees people in states of helplessness and harassment and brokenness, he would do something. The word compassion, when it's described in the Bible, it's used in the New Testament. It's somewhere between 30 to 40 times. And every single time, it's only used in conjunction with Jesus. And every single time it's used in conjunction with Jesus, it's always followed by an action that Jesus does something. In other words, we can have sympathy, which is what many people walk around with sympathy, but sympathy and compassion are not the same thing. Sympathy is maybe feeling sorry, but you don't do anything about it. But Jesus was a man filled with compassion that when he would see helpless and harassed and people like sheep without a shepherd, those who were in death, those who were, who were separated from the Father, those who had no hope, those who were lost, those who were broken, he would do something about it because it was his heart to do something about it. And I ask you right now, and I ask myself the same question, is our heart one that would say, I want to do something about the harassed and the broken and the helpless in this world? And so Jesus, what you see very clearly, this beautiful heart of Jesus. But I would say this, it's not only the heart of Jesus that we see in this passage, because I would say we also see the heart of the Father. When you look at the helpless and the harassed, Jesus was going to do something about it. This has always been the biblical story. It's no different when you think about it. When, G, when G, God the Father, when Adam and Eve and humanity chose to rebel against God and separate themselves from God because they chose their own path, God the Father looked down upon humanity who was in a state of what? Helplessness and harassment and brokenness and death and sin and headed towards damnation, completely separated from him. God would look upon that. God the Father, and he would have compassion And he would do something about the state of humanity's situation, where they were at. And he would do so, you know so well, by the story of the gospel, by sending his son Jesus to this earth to live the perfect life so that he could die on the cross for our sin and to take that sin so that we could no longer, we would no longer have to be separated from God the Father. So that there could be interest back into a place where we're not helpless, harassed, and broken. But now we could be in a place of intimacy with him. And Jesus would die, be buried, and then be resurrected, proving himself to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that one day he's coming back again to set up his kingdom. This is the gospel good news that we proclaim, that we celebrate, that we talk about. That really, this is what church is all gathered around, the good news of Jesus Christ. But the truth is, is all of that stems from God the Father's heart, looking upon humanity and saying, they're helpless. They're harassed. They're broken. So I do something about it. I send my son. And Jesus has the same exact heart of the Father where he would look upon the state of humanity and those who are completely separated from him and those who are like sheep without a shepherd and he would minister to them and, do an, and, and reach them and do whatever it takes because his heart was filled with this heart. And again, I ask, is this our heart today? The thing I want you to see is, yes, the heart of Jesus, but not only what the heart of Jesus is, is that Jesus' heart was the heart of compassion. And I've already established that compassion is one that leads to action. And I want you to see this. So what did Jesus do about it then? What did Jesus do about this? 
When you look at this passage very clearly, Jesus is so broken for these people, so overwhelmed by these people. Even the word compassion here conveys this sense like his heart is breaking and overwhelmed and like almost as if he's having a heart attack is the word, the way it's used. It's painful. It's painful. And so he has a plan. He does something about it. And I would say this, his plan then was this and his plan then is what it should be now. Jesus says this in verse 37. He said, at this point, he gets his disciples together because of the brokenness of the situation, because of the harassment and the brokenness of these sheep who have no shepherd. And he says to his disciples, the, la- the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. What is Jesus' compassion, his action that would be to affect this situation, the brokenness of these people, the harassment, the helplessness? It is to have his people pray. That is the first thing Jesus establishes, is that in order for us to see, in order for him to do something about this situation, he wants his people to begin to pray. And particularly to pray this way, to pray for the harvest, but to pray that God would pray to God for the harvest, for to send out laborers into the harvest, to pray for laborers, to pray that the laborers might go out, to pray for the laborers that might strengthen. And so Jesus' action to, to, to back up this whole emotion of compassion that he has is essentially to begin to have his people pray. And just like it was then now, I would say, if we see the harassed and hopeless, what is still the call today? Jesus still says to the disciples, we must pray. Pray for the harvest. Pray for laborers. But it doesn't end there. Jesus has a second action that he calls to. The second action is verse 1. And it says this. And then he, so he started and told him to pray. Then he says, he called his 12 disciples with him. And he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out. And to heal every disease and affliction. Verse 7 says, and he told them to proclaim as you go, saying the kingdom of heaven is hand. In other words, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, receive without paying, give without pay, because what you freely receive, freely give. In other words, this is what Jesus does. Jesus' heart is a heart filled with love, compassion, brokenness for people who are harassed and helpless. And then he does something about it. And what does he do? He calls his church to pray and he calls his church to go. This is Jesus' ministry. This is Jesus' heart. And this is what I want to ask us right now. Is this us? Is this us? I'm going to share with you something just very simply. And um, today, I told you today's going to be very different. Last Sunday I was praying. And, uh, I, well, Ashley asked me to minister this week or this Sunday about a month ago. And I was praying. I knew... I didn't know what to pray, share right away, but God showed me, okay, this is what I want you to share. It's going to be along the harvest. I had a complete piece about it. had a sermon that was going to be, you know, 30, 45 minutes long, all around these things. And then God just said to me this last Sunday when I came in here and I was worshiping through an individual in the church, speaking with him, and then God just speaking to me and worship very clearly. He just said, Felix, I don't want you to just pray about, to preach about the harvest with these people. I want you to bring them to the harvest. And church... I'm going to be very honest with you. We are about to do something very different today. Something that, we've, that I'm aware of on a Sunday morning. I don't know if we've ever done. Uh, maybe we have. But God told me that the command was not to just preach today, but to actually get up and go. And so I share this with you right now. I'm sharing with you about the heart of God because this is what I want to extend to you in a moment. I want to extend to you an invitation to step out in faith and say, I want the heart of Jesus a heart of compassion, a heart that looks on those that are harassed and helpless, and I want to do something about it. 
And so as the Lord was just leading me and showing me, he said, Felix, this is how I want Sunday to go. I want you to get up there. I want you to just slightly speak. Don't make it important about yourself. Just get the people and talk to them. And this is the two things I want you to do. I want you to, um, he said, I want two groups in the service. I want to have one group that whenever you're done speaking, they're going to come to the front of this room and they're going to be the fulfillment of Matthew 9, verse 38. They're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest. They're going to be my disciples that labor in spiritual warfare and intercessory prayer. And they're going to come forth and they're going to intercede for those that are lost and broken and that are dead in their sin. And they're going to be the ones, just like in Chronicles and other parts of the Old Testament that we read about, that the praisers and the worshipers before God, it was because of that that we would see the victories in the battles that would go out. And so in a few moments, I'm going to ask that if people would come forth and they would say, hey, I hear that and I want to participate in that. I will be the one that will intercede on the wall. I will be like the ones that stand on the wall in the gap. And I will begin to intercede. And then he said, I want you to take a group of people into this neighborhood on Sunday. And so just in a few moments, I'm going to ask a group of y'all to step outside. And he said, I want you to go to the houses out there and I want you to knock on the doors And I want you to offer prayer to these people. I don't want you to just preach about a people that go into the harvest. I want you to be a people that go into the harvest. And I want to be, I want my church to be a people that says there's darkness out there and we are the light and we have the answer and we are the hope of the world because the gospel is the good news. And this is all what we can preach. This is the good news that we have. And so he said very specifically, go into these streets, knock on those doors and say, I'm here to bless you. We're part of First New Testament Church. My name is Felix Birch, and I'm here to just bless you and pray for you. What can I do for you? What's going on in your life? And to minister to the needs of these people. And so I say to you right now, very simply, this is what I believe. This is what I know God is telling us to do today. And some of you are like, I wish y'all could all see your faces right now. It's just like, I know it's different. I know it's odd. But God, I, I, I know this is what we're supposed to do. And so in a few moments... My wife's going to come up and she's going to explain some of the logistics around this and how we're going to do this. But Andrew's, Pastor Andrew's going to stay in here and he's going he's to stir you. Those who feel called. And look, let me just say this. If, you feel, if you're like, hey, I don't want to go out there, there is no lesser rate of where you go. If you stay in here, I would ask you this. Don't be a consumer. Come and war. There are principalities and powers at play in this. And we don't know what's behind those doors. We don't know the abuse that may be happening. We don't know the brokenness that we're going to occur in a few minutes. We don't know. And so what we need is people who don't just come and twiddle their thumbs. We need saints of God that understand you have been given given weapons of warfare to tear down strongholds and see the kingdom of God advance. And so what today really is, just being honest with you, it's a day to simply march into the streets and see the church be the church and do what the church has been called to do, to be the army of God, right? To see the church attack the gates of hell in a twofold way, through intercessory prayer and through the church marching to the gates, literally marching to the gates and saying, I'm ready. And so I'm going to pray. Becca's going to come up. She's going to explain. And look, we're not, we don't have people assigned saying you're the one going to go, whatever you feel the spirit leading you to do, whatever you feel the spirit leading you to do. And wherever you go, I will celebrate. There's no shame where you go, but let's go. Let's be the church. I pray that there's an excitement in you. And I pray there's a little bit of fear. I pray that you have some fear to say, Hey, we're, we're doing something that's, that's unusual, but you know what? I'm excited about Jesus. 
And I want to pray for, I want to be a light in the darkness. I want the ministry of Jesus and the heart of Jesus that is so filled with compassion that it can't help but move to the brokenness. Jesus went to those people. He didn't wait for them to come into this building. He went to them. And that's what we're doing today. So I'm going to pray. Becca, if you want to come up, I don't know where she ran to. Um, And and then we're just, we're we're going to move into this. All right. So dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you. And Lord, I just ask you right now, God, that you would give us great grace. God, we cannot do this in our strength. Church, pray with me. We cannot do this in our strength. But Lord, we recognize that your heart was a heart that you were moved to the broken. You were moved to the harassed. You were moved to the helpless. You cared in such a way, God, that you would would move you to action. And Father, I pray that right now for some of our hearts, God, all of our hearts, we would begin to have a brokenness in our hearts for them that would move us into the streets around these neighborhoods, God, that we would desire to see the kingdom of God advance. We would desire to bring the message of hope, that we would desire to bring the light, the good news of the gospel, Lord, that this neighborhood around us, God, where darkness is all around us, God, the light would go forth today, that we would see strongholds taken down, God, that people would pray and intercede like we've never prayed and intercede before, God, and I pray, God, that you would work miracles. Church, I just want you to think about this. God, in the book of Acts, many a times the miracles were among lost people. Why? So that the gospel could be proclaimed. I'm asking you right now, pray for miracles. Pray for healings. Pray for sickness. Pray for afflictions to be removed. Pray for demons to be casted out. Pray for God to do miracles in a mighty, mighty way. Amen. Lord, we just come and we ask you to do it, Jesus. So we thank you, Father. We praise you, God. And we ask you to do an incredible work, God, as we go out today in obedience to what you have shown us to do, God. Help us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to head out, but not yet. We're going to head out, and we're going to come back in, and we're come back in. I pray that we're going to give some testimonies of what God has done, and that we're going to worship him again, okay? So Becca's going to take over. Amen. Amen. To do this most efficiently so that we can reach the most people and hit the most houses, I'm just going to give a few instructions. So Kayla and the leaders, y'all can go ahead and go outside to the side building. So there are going to be um, different teams, and you're going to be on a specific team based on your last name, okay? So, um, and then we're going to choose a street for your team to go to, and y'all are going to minister to those streets. So the first team is with Wendy Abood, and that is last names A through B. Now, if you're here for the first time and you have no idea who Wendy Abood is or any of these other names that I'm about to mention, that's okay. When you walk outside, they're going to be holding up a piece of paper that says A through B. So just head to that group. So Wendy Abood, your last name's A through B. Last name's C through D, you're going to be with CJ Catroni. G through H, you're going to be with Randy Pampel. I and J, you're going to be with Noah Middleton and Wesley Hart. K and L, you're going to be with Jonathan Barksdale. M and N, you're going to be with Vicki Powers. O and P are going to be with Michael Evitz. Q, R, and S are going to be with Billy Smith. T and U are going to be with Felix Birch Sr., V through Z are going to be with Christian Ivy. I missed E through F. E through F are going to be with Drake Melanson. And then Chloe Atwell is going to be leading a group in case one group is too large. We might, or there's not enough men in one group. We're going to maybe pull some people over with Chloe Atwell. Okay, so if you have a desire in your heart to be one of the people that goes out into the neighborhood and you have those um, names and you remember who you're with, you can actually go ahead and go outside right now. 
and just make that transition and look for your leaders. And we're going to begin to work outside. Pastor Andrew's going to be leading the rest of the service. If you decide to stay in here. Amen. This is one of those scary, exciting one of times, right? And I want to say this. I know that there are probably three different groups of people here today. There are our regular church members, attenders, uh, regular visitors. And so we're going to be leaning on you today. We need you to enter in. There's another group of people. This is your first time here, but you are a follower of Jesus. You are welcome to be here with us. And we want you to enter in on this. You follow the Lord as well, and we need you. And then there's a third kind of person potentially here today. And perhaps you're here today and you are an an unbeliever. And what I hope that you will be touched by today is how we intercede and what you see us doing here today. This is what we want for you. And you might be in here today and not know him. We love you. The Lord loves you. We want you to know what he has done for you. I pray that you'll see God's love for you today and hear his message today. And I pray that you, you will not leave here the same way you came in. But you, you will take the tender hand of Jesus that is being reached out to you today. For those of us that are here today, I would, I would love to ask you to do something for me, please. It would be very hard and very boring to pray far and separated. So if you would, I'm going to ask you, if you're comfortable to do it, to get up and move forward in all of these seats. It's going to make our prayer time together so much easier, so much sweeter. We don't want you to feel alone. And so feel free to take a seat if you'd like to take a seat to be in the altar. We need a choir of praise. We're going to put scriptures up on the screen here. So you can go ahead and put that up. We're going to, make, we're going to intermingle prayer and reading scripture, interceding in small groups, and worshiping together. And we're going to do warfare against hell. And we're going to lift up the hands of our people. And this is what we're going to do right now. Right now, we have this group out here in the parking lot, and they are preparing. And this is what they prayed. They prayed this whenever they were being pushed back against by the culture. The apostles went to a place with all the disciples. And Acts 4.31 is that prayer. They prayed for boldness, and they prayed for God to do miracles. And I'll read that now. And when they had prayed... The place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So as these people are out here and they're being organized and all the logistics, let us pray for them right now for these things, that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit even right now and that they would be filled consequently with boldness as they go. Because there is a God of this world who pushes back against the extension of the gospel. But there is a God of heaven who pushes back against that earthly kingdom with this heavenly kingdom. So if you would, with by yourself, in groups of two, three, four, pray together these things. Let's pray right now that God would fill them and they would be filled with boldness as they go. Let's pray for that team right now if we could. I'm going to let your voices raise to the Lord right now. We're going to pray for this for just a moment, and then we'll pray together.
we just pray right now that any fear, even, even the things that the enemy would bring against them right now, to disqualify them and say, you can't preach the gospel because of sin, struggle, or anything, or things from the past, God. We thank you. Those are under your blood, and the only thing that qualifies us is your blood, and the only person who empowers us, empowers us is your spirit, God. We pray for that right now, Lord God Almighty. You can bring up the next scripture. We're going to pray this. I want to read this to you from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. The Apostle Paul was under no illusion that the people within the culture of those early believers were hostile. They might not have even been hostile in their own minds, but the Bible says we are in the embrace of the wicked one, and he is hostile to the gospel. And sometimes people, though maybe not even oppressed or possessed by the devil, will react in a way because their father is Satan, even if they don't know it. And this was his prayer for the people. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men for not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. Let us pray in preparation as they're about to leave the parking lot right now that the gospel would advance, that it would speed forward and be honored, meaning received in their hearts by faith and repentance. And that the enemy, that that our people that are going out right now would not be dissuaded or discouraged, and that the devices of the enemy would just be set to nothing. That as we pray, and as after we pray through this time and enter into a brief time of worship, we pray and we praise ambushments would be set against the enemy. Pray for this right now. Pray together. Pray in your groups. Get together as we pray. And for those that have come in, we have a group that's going out to this neighborhood to go and to to bring the gospel. Pray for people. some papers here at the front. These are the maps of the 11 groups. So if you would like to, you can pick up one of these maps. They'll have a number on it. And I encourage you that as you pray for the larger group to also pray for that particular group number. And then as they come back and later, you'll be able to find out and say, I was praying specifically for you. So feel free to come grab one of those as we even 
enter now into this time of praise. And let's praise aggressively. Let's not lose fervor. Let's pray praise aggressively towards the Lord that he would destroy the works of the enemy. Even as we pray his name, he is going to work against the enemy and advance the kingdom of God. scripture uh, um, many years ago I was at a very dark place in life I had just um, lost a man I was planning to marry he died very suddenly in a motorcycle accident and I was so heavy with grief and with sorrow and two men sp- filled with the spirit of God who I did not know they came to my door and knocked on it on a 
announced. Didn't know they were coming, but they were filled with the authority and the Spirit of God. And they knocked on the door. That was 17 years ago. And I still remember the prayer that they prayed over my life. They called on God and they said, breathe on her, Holy Spirit. Breathe your breath on her, Jesus. And they said, out of the Psalms, put a new song in her heart. And he's done it. He's done it. He did it. And something broke in my life, though I was facing grief. The, the heaviness of the Spirit of God, the presence of God was in those men and in that room. And he ministered to me so greatly. And I'm telling you, it was a matter of days before I was invited to this church. I was brought onto the wing of the Holy Ghost and, and just shepherded and, and discipled under his word here. So I thank God, what can he not do as we pray and believe? They may not feel like much. We don't feel like much in here, but we're filled with the Holy Ghost. He lives in us. We are his sanctuary and the sanctuary of God has gone out. So let's just believe for his presence to be upon us as they go out. As we're here, let's just pray a little while and we'll pray together. Maybe we won't see. 
but we trust you, God, that you are working, that you will work, that you will bring the increase, oh God, and Lord, that you're going to minister to these people, Father. It is your desire and your will that we offer ourselves to you in this way, oh God. We can bring the, the next scripture up. Now, this is from Second um, Chronicles uh, 2. with this. I love this because the burden is on God. There's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that they can do. But God has given us spiritual authority and he will fight for us. He does. This is his nature. It says, and when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those that were to sing to the Lord and to praise him in his in holy attire. And as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. My version says for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set an ambushment against the men of Ammon and of Moab and of Mount Sur and had come against Judah so that they were routed. My version says that they were smitten. It means the enemy was smitten. Whatever is on the lives of the people, maybe bondages, maybe heaviness, God is able to fight that. We can't do it, but how do we fight it? We praise, we praise, we sing, we shout. That's what God has called us to do. If you're in here, you're called by the Lord. I ask you, stand up if you can, if you're able. Come into the presence of God in this altar. Come and praise the Lord. If you forget what to say, say His mercy endures forever. His loving kindness yours forever. Oh God, just believe God as we do this. This is the ordinance of God. This is the mandate of God. As you do that, believe for God to come on our praises and to do the unspeakable outside of these walls. Oh, 
verse up is about compassion and being moved by compassion. When Jesus saw the multitudes, he had compassion for them. He was moved by compassion, my version says, because they were harassed and helpless 
um, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into uh, his harvest. And this is his harvest. And that is the prayer that we're going to pray now. But I pray that, that the laborers may also be moved by compassion, for it is faith which worketh by love. You know, it, it, that compassion moves us into, like Jesus did, he was moved into those situations and he healed them. There were signs, miracles, and wonders. The power of God was released when he was moved by compassion. And we, likewise, when we're moved by compassion, we're no longer in ourselves. Perfect love casts out fear. I've knocked on many doors in my life. And fear can grip you. It's not, you know, you don't want to do it. Uh, but compassion, when you're moved by compassion, it just blows that fear out of the door. So, Lord, we come before you. Grow compassion in our hearts. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which you have given us. It is not of our own, but it is of you, our Lord. It is of you that you pour out this love and this compassion in the hearts of your people, in, in the church worldwide, in our church, that your compassion would, be, would move us into the field and to touch the hearts of the people. Open their hearts, Lord. Open their hearts. Cause them, Lord, to share the, the burden that is on their life, their need, so that our compassion, compassion can be poured into them. Move by miracles, signs, and wonders. Bring forth the glorious power that you have, Lord, to convince those who have been wondering, is there a God who loves me? Does he really care? Will he do for me what he has said he will do? Show yourself, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. And we honor you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. God, this is the love that casts out and overcomes fear. Thank you, Lord. You know, when he was moved by compassion, he healed them all. Wouldn't you love to see the healing power of God move out of the walls of this church and into the community and make the name of Jesus glorious, make his name famous in the earth, make his name uh, shine in the community. Glory to you, Lord.
about proclaiming the gospel. You know, the, the gospel is the power of God for even the greatest miracle, which is that one would be born again. I mean, Nicodemus is like, how can this possibly be that you would enter into your mother's womb and be born again? But Jesus said, this comes by the Spirit. We're born again of God's Spirit. What a tremendous miracle that is in the gospel has the power to do a thing that nobody could do to actually give a person new life that they would become their old life would literally pass away they would be new creatures in christ and jesus said go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation and and then to make disciples we know that he goes on to say in matthew for I am not ashamed, Paul said, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel that you've given us, that gospel of grace, of what you have done for us on the cross, your shed blood, and that you were raised by the power of the Father from the dead. And in that resurrection power, that gospel brings forth new life. Think of that early church when they came under persecution and they were forced out of the place that they were. They were scattered everywhere. They were running for their lives and they went everywhere preaching the word. And Philip went down to Samaria, a place that a Jew would hate to go, and he preached Christ to them. Lord confirmed his word with miracle signs and wonders, and there was great joy in that city. Oh, that there would be great joy in our city.
some teams starting to come in now. So let's pray for this. We're going to put up the next scripture up there. What about miracles? Yeah. There we go. So every, you know, a lot of places that they went when they would preach, God would confirm the word with miracles. It was his way of saying, yes, this is my seal of approval. Sometimes he doesn't let us see them right then. Sometimes they happen when we go. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray through this briefly. And what I want you to pray for, it says this, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Just as we have prayed that this gospel would go forth, can we now pray, lift up your voices in your groups. Let's pray now for a moment. God, would you perform signs and wonders that those that might be saying genuinely, would you show me, Lord? Would you show me, not in a a cocky, testing God way, would you show me? And he would undeniably show them by his power. This is true and that he loves them. Can y'all pray for that right now? Lift y'all's voices to the Lord. Let's hear y'all's prayers to God.
Jesus, it is your hand alone that performs miracles. You are not at our whim. This is your harvest. It is your gospel. It is your power. It is your hand that opens up and satisfies every living thing. And Father, we simply ask you to open up your hand to satisfy these lives with the gospel, with the miracle of salvation. But Father, that you would stretch forth your hand and that you would do signs and wonders for the name of your holy child, Jesus. Even as we started praying today, Lord God, y'all can go to the next scripture, especially as we have more people come forward here. We want to pray for a spiritual harvest. You know, God may use us and that's exciting. We are are excited to partner with God in the gospel. But Paul said this, when people looked around to see who did it, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. He gave the increase. It may be that perhaps that there's a mama or there's a daddy, there's a son, there's a brother, there's an old Sunday school teacher, and they have been praying for years or for decades for that life. And they have been putting forth labor. People have gone before and knocked and nothing has occurred. And it could be that some people have gone today and it is the tipping of the scale. How does that work? No clue. I just know this verse makes it very clear that we are all laborers together with him. So can we agree together that wherever the seed is, first time plant, watering, a deluge, God give the growth. Can we just, let's lift up our voices, join together and agree with God. You have to bring the growth. It's by your spirit alone that can do this. Draw them, give the growth, God, for your name's sake. Let's lift our voices. soil was different and the enemy he seeks to strengthen to build up those arguments in the mind and he comes to steal the the word of God off of the hearts and you know I just believe that God has already softened hearts and that that word of God is going to be able to have more of a chance to grow because of our prayers but let's read the scripture here second Corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 through 5 this is a great work But let us pray for the continued work that even after this service would end, God is the one who never ceases to work. Jesus said this, my father continues to work and I work too. 
His father was always working. Second Corinthians 10 verses four to five says this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not a flesh, right? They're not this human flesh or strength, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Strongholds of religion, Catholicism, or I'm Baptist, or I'm Nazarene, or pornography, or it means I'd have to leave these things that my flesh loves. All of the arguments that may come in, it says we destroy those arguments. We have the power to destroy them. And every lofty opinion, well, I believe in evolution or I have my master's degree and I don't believe that because somehow my knowledge and this can't go together. Those things are raised against the knowledge of God. And we're told to take every thought captive to obey Christ. First our own, but let us pray right now that God would continue to tear down everything that the enemy would bring against the people that have heard the word today. Pray through the scripture. Let's pray. We're going to pray for a few more minutes as these groups come in. We're going to continue to pray through this point, worship, and then we're going to have some testimonies in just a few moments. So let's pray through this right now if we can. Let us finish strong in our prayers. I thank y'all for praying. It does take a lot of energy, you know, to, to maintain consistency in prayer. There's no service tonight, prayer service. So let's wrap our prayer service into this and let's finish strong. And we know that the Lord hears our prayers, not because of our strength, but we do diligently and want to fervently pray. And he is the one who hears prayer. So Father, we pray right now. And can y'all join me? Can we help right now and pray for these things in the scripture? Lord God, it is your powerful spirit. It is you who does these things that you have already laid waste and made a mockery of the enemy, oh God. I thank you. It is you who have done it and will continue in the hours, the moments, and the days ahead. Lord, he may even try to discourage us if we don't see fruit right now, but we trust you, God, that you're the one who does this action in our lives, but you are the God who will not give up, Lord God, even the hard-hearted Saul of Tarsus who kills and takes captive and hates Jesus was the one who was broken and confronted by you and you took captive his thoughts. You took captive every lofty opinion. You took captive and brought down every stronghold by your divine power. And we agree with you that you would do this in this time as well. Hallelujah. Worthy are you, Lord. We trust you to do this, oh God. Let's lift our voices and let's worship him right now.
Amen. Praise God. Just praise him right now. Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Guys, just for a moment, I want you to hear some of the testimonies. Rachel, if you could come up here. Um, I believe you had a testimony that you want to share of what happened out there. And, and then Brad Iverson, if you don't mind sharing what you, what you experienced in going out, guys. And I just want to say to all who stayed in, thank you all for praying. Thank you for being part of the church. Thank you for being the church today and interceding for God to move. And so you just want to share this real quickly. I'm Rachel. Um, Thank you, Pastor Felix, for orchestrating this. It was a beautiful time in the streets. Um, So we were on Caro Jack, and we had probably knocked on six doors. Nobody answered. Um, Feeling like, okay, Lord, one is a win. Just give us one. And we noticed a motorcycle passing with a gentleman and a child about two times. And so we were at the very last house on Caro Jack on the right-hand side, and we noticed the motorcycle pulled in. So I said, let's go back. Let's just go see if they need prayer. So we walk up. Um, it's a gentleman, middle age, with his daughter. She walks in, and we said, hey, look, we're, at, we're with First New Testament, and we just want to bless you today. Do you need prayer? And he just, you know, looked like he was going to cry, and he said, absolutely. So we got in a circle. And he said, look, I'm in a desperate place. I'm about to lose my house. And um, I've actually been praying for a sign that God is real. So we prayed. We prayed. And um, at the end, he just, he prayed. He said, Lord, I want you to know that. Thank you. You're real. You gave me, you answered my prayers. So... The Bible says signs and wonders accompany those who believe, and one is a win. So thank you for orchestrating this. Hey, so our family went out here with Noah, and uh, we came across a gal. Her name was Kisten, really sweet lady. She was outside uh, taking care of the house and the yard and what have you. And anyways, we come across her and tell her, hey, this is who we are as a Wyberson family, and uh, we'd love to pray for you, and uh, what kind of needs do you have, and as we got into conversation, she had told us that she had lost a son a few years ago, and his name was Kieran, he was about 25, and so we prayed for her, and she uh, she was really grateful that we were there, she said, you know, like, I just never hear anything good going on these days, just, it's always bad news everywhere you turn, and I'm really happy that you guys made it out here so thank you so much for praying for us and then Myla piped up and said hey you should come to the Christmas program and so she looked down and said you know what honey I'm going to come to your Christmas program so uh, we told her it's a couple weekends from now and so we'll look for Kisten in a couple weekends and so praise God that Isla had the uh, the nerve to speak up and invite her and she was she's excited to see her be an angel in the Christmas program and I, and I know there's many more testimonies that we probably could share right now and I'll just share one or two and then and then what I want to do is I just want to praise God and I, and I want to say to you church thank you this is an incredible church if you're a visitor today I don't apologize I just tell you like it's a great church to be a part of God is moving in our midst and we love serving Jesus and we love Jesus because we know he loves us. And so 
I just, I just want to tell you, church, thank you for being the church of Jesus Christ and doing your part wherever you are part of it, whether you're in here or out there today. Thank you for the worship team for worshiping so long for us. Thank you for the pastors and the ministers that stayed in here to help lead. And I just tell this to you. I went to, we went to one house, the last house, this is why we were a little bit behind. The last house we went to was with Simon and Cindy and Naomi, and we were, we, this one individual, we already passed up the house, and we walked back very similar, and he, this guy just came to us. He said, hey, hey, I mean, he came to us, and we walked over there, and he wouldn't let us escape, to be honest. Um, he just kept talking about his life and what he wants to see God do and what's going on in his life, and he prayed, he asked God to do things in his life, and he just, he said, I, I, I'm seeing things. I'm hearing things. I'm, I'm, I'm schizophrenic, or I have these certain things. And 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 he and immediately I could just I could see in Cindy's face and my face I just knew like Lord, we need deliverance in this man's life. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't see a demon cast out of him, at least not yet. But I do know this. He said, "Please, would you come talk to me? Would you please come, still come talk to me about?" Me? He said, "I." He said, "I want to come to the church." And he said, "But I always wake up so late." And and I'll be honest, the house—it's the one house on Carroll Jack. You can't miss it. It's like. It might be a, a, a drug house. It's, it's rough. It's rough. But I just thought, as I was walking away, I was like, Lord, if you can save that one man in this house. He just got out of prison. You can save that one man, God. Just like you saved the jailer and the, the Philippian jailer, you saved the household from that. God, would you do it? And, so he, and on the way back, he texted me. said, hi, Felix. This is Eric. I hope to see you. And so, guys, I just want to pray for Eric. I want to pray for all of these. And there's others. There's one guy just said, thank y'all. What you are doing, I've never seen a church do. I wish more people would just come and pray and bless us. We feel so blessed by y'all today. I just said, said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, church. Thank you, body of Christ. And let's just give God all the glory. No man deserves glory today but Jesus Christ. And so let's praise him and let's worship him one more time.